Hello everyone, welcome back to Film Vice. In our second episode, Javier and myself discussed The Office's 15-year anniversary, Netflix's Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, and close out the podcast with us discussing a film that we both grew up on called Blink Check. Before the podcast gets started, I would like to apologize for us pronouncing Tiger King wrong. We actually do say King Tiger in the podcast. But if you're listening to us on Anchor, please, please drop us a voicemail letting us know how many times you counted us mispronouncing the show. Feel free to follow us on Facebook under at FilmVice1. And thanks everyone for listening. It's been a slow, slow week in, in the movie biz. Sure has. I couldn't think of anything much to like talk about or anything. Not much has really been going on. I think the most exciting thing was uh, the office had its 15 year anniversary. I think last week. Are they going to do anything with that? Show wise, I mean, they usually have a like reunion or a special or something. I don't think so, but I mean, I probably the place to find out would be that podcast that Angela and uh, and Pam Jenna Fisher. There you go. Jenna Fisher have a thing, but I don't think anything because most of those people are off doing bigger and better things now. Yeah, that's true. And it's not like we as a society have allowed the office to even really break up. We've kept them together. Having a reunion would seem kind of weird because they're, they're kind of still <laughs> together in my mind. It's true. It's and true. everything it's... they do, they usually do together. You have uh, the guy who played Kevin doing things with Angela and Jenna Fisher on their own time. Mm-hmm. And when Steve they... Carell will always be Michael Michael Scott. Yeah. Whenever they go to Comic-Cons and stuff like that, it's always like three or so from yeah. the office. I think, what was it, Creed and Meredith and... So pretty much the, the ones who don't have any work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ones that use their real name in the show. <laughs> the ones that go to Comic-Con. Oh, okay, so Phyllis, Angela. <laughs> That's terrible. It's always it's always a little bit heartbreaking to see like a, a character from a popular show start doing like commercials. Yeah, I, I know Oscar did a commercial recently. I just saw it not too long ago. I, I think it was some kind of insurance commercial. I and always I think the same thing. Like, oh man, that I hope he does well. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He's just like I think he's the one that was a nobody who actually you know got roles in different things like little side roles and stuff. He just never really broke out into a real actor. I mean, I don't want to say a real actor because I mean, obviously he's a professional Ouch, and gets Paul. paid. And stuff. I know. I know. Ouch. <laughs> I know, We're but I mean, on... surprise, Paul. We actually have him on the line. The guy who played Oscar. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Tell him to his face. <laughs> I love you, man. You're great. You're all your stuff. All your cycles. <laughs> what was that? You just he, he's not a real actor. Let's pick it up from there. <laughs> I mean, could you see him holding down an hour and thirty movie? No, not at all. No, I couldn't. I couldn't see that at all. Side and even if, uh, I mean, even with ironic, dark, gritty roles, I say ironic because whenever, I don't know if you've seen that movie, The Iceman, with Michael Shannon, Ray Liotta, David Schwimmer, about that, that hit guy. I've always wanted to, but I never got the time to. 
Yeah, Chris Evans is actually in it too as another hitman. But anyway, in that movie, David Schwimmer plays like some guy in the mob and he's a complete, uh, just completely different role than from what anyone's used to watching Friends. Mm-hmm. And there's always like little roles like that that an actor could do that's just so far on the opposite end of the spectrum of what they're used to portraying that it works. Uh, yeah. So what's another example of that that you could think of where an actor just completely like kind of like Robin Williams in Insomnia? Yeah, I love like, Insomnia. Though. That was yeah, a lot of people love Insomnia. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great because Robin Williams was just so unorthodox compared to what he's usually done. And I think that not even Oscar can save that. <laughs> you could give him the craziest role. Like, he could be Kingpin in a new Daredevil reboot. And it just won't work. It would have to be some kind of pair. You know, the movies I could see him, uh, I want to say blooming in, are probably going to be like the parody movies for sure. Like Scream or any or any of those. I could see him holding down maybe one of those for sure. That's but actually I think pretty it's, good. I think That's it's just his teeth or something that just kind of draws that comic attention that he doesn't want, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess, yeah, in a sort of satire parody, it, it would actually work. But I don't, I'm, man, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. It's, it's, it's a really unfortunate that because it's not like he's a bad actor and he was a huge part of The Office. Yeah. And he's good and enough to just, be a professional. He got paid to do it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been compensated, sir. Go home. <laughs> you don't belong here. <laughs> You're you're in over your head. Just get out of here. <laughs> Stick to cons. <laughs> See you in California again. <laughs> That's terrible. But it happens with every. But sometimes some celebrities are so big. Like I, I would never for a second say that Samuel Jackson's career is even close to being over. Yeah, that- especially with with how huge of a role he has not only with Marvel, but he continues to get really iconic roles. Uh, even if the movie doesn't do well, like, did you, did you see shaft? I didn't, I've never been a big chef fan. I, don't know. I only saw it because I was, I'm a fan of Samuel L. Jackson, but yeah. the, the movie is honestly terrible, but <laughs> uh, he gets work. Okay. He gets work and he still does, you know, credit card commercials here and there. So it can't be all bad. He does whatever the job is, and just like he wants, <laughs> do it. It's so, and he even I wonder independent movie scene. You know, like every now and then he has a movie that comes out on Netflix or something, and it's like, oh, hey, Samuel Jackson's here. I have seen that, but I'm wondering how they get an actor like that to not only work on big screens while doing indie stuff and what makes an actor say yes to, to a commercial while they're in the middle of, or in the midst of a lot of success. Yeah. Talk about managing time correctly. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but is that greed? Is that, what is that? I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to stay bored. Yeah, I guess. And or, he also or... start, didn't he? Like he was already, pretty older when he started getting like movie roles and stuff like that yeah he was he was definitely already in the business for a while before he became like a mainstream name yeah he could thanks to quentin yeah he could be just be happy 
you know, to be working, <laughs> doesn't care what it is or anything. It's like, it's work. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's segue into how grateful is Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> more after this. <laughs> so I noticed that pretty much everyone everywhere is talking about King Tiger. Oh man. Did, have you gotten a chance to watch it yet? I, I desperately wanted to yesterday but then for the life of me i just couldn't do it <laughs> i sat there and sat there and it kept going to 2 a.m 3 a.m 4 a.m and i was like fuck man am i gonna make this decision or not <laughs> and it just never came i just didn't i didn't watch it but it definitely seems interesting um have you seen it i have i saw it all in a span of 24 hour period i say that because i watched three episodes while I was at work and each of these episodes are 45 minutes. So, you know, after that first, first episode, I was like, okay, you're, you're it, it got me. I was like, I want to see what happens and stuff like that. Cause the only thing I had seen from that point was just the memes that people have made and stuff. But that's um, where I'm at right now. I see the memes and they're hilarious. So I, I, I want to watch the show. The most I think the most interesting meme that I've seen come out of this is the the casting that they would do if they were if this were to be some sort of series. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of those. They're insane. I heard uh, Burt Kreshner wants to be somebody, and I don't remember who it was exactly, but he had posted that he wanted to uh, be that person from the series, and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be insane. Just in general, all these castings, like fan castings and stuff for this TV show or this documentary series is just insane. But I could totally see some of them working for sure. I would like Mr. Kreischer or Mr. Burt, because he's a comedian, right? Yeah, the machine. Well, I would love him to stay the hell away from this project. (laughs) If this were to, nothing against the guy. Hey, whatever, man. You're you're pretty funny, but the the one the meme that I saw had Danny McBride as the guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm- and it just reminded me how long it's been since we've had a collaboration between him and and Jody Hill. I don't know if you've seen a Foot Fist Way, uh, Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, some of them. I did see the 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 first one. Uh, that's the one where he's like a, a karate promoter, right? Or a slash karate person. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the foot fist way. Yeah, there it is. Um, I saw that one just on a whim because, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Danny McBride, but he could be a little too much me sometimes too. for me. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Yeah. Give him a break every now and then. But I re- I recently finished Vice Principals, and I I totally understand what you mean. You gotta you gotta take him in bite sizes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but he is a he's an excellent writer. He has a ton of not just like the stuff that he's in, but you know he helps. Uh, what he, he helped write the the Halloween movie, the new Halloween movie. I was surprised with his co- contribution to Halloween. I mean, he he did a whole. He co-wrote the whole script. Yep, and uh, he I know when uh, being when he was little, I saw an interview with him uh, saying that. Uh, aliens was like a big part of his life growing up that he used to have to sneak uh, watching the movie when he was younger. 
And uh, I was like, dude, how crazy is that to be a kid sneaking in aliens because you don't want your parents to see, and then you're in a prequel towards aliens. It's like, that's insane. Like, how does, how does one accomplish that? <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely came full circle, but did it have to be such a mediocre alien movie? <laughs> I mean, he, did he read the script? I mean, he said he loves alien and he said yes to that. I think they hid the rest of the script from him. <laughs> like they sent him the script and they were like, oh man, we're on a ship. We're being attacked by an alien. Fuck yeah, man, I'm in. <laughs> but then like behind them, they were like, yeah, cool. And then they had the rest of it, which was Prometheus 2. That's <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, I feel like those movies didn't get, uh, I feel like there's more to 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 those prequels because, you know, rightly, Scott, um, he's just, I feel like this, a studio wouldn't give him the amount of time that he needs to properly tell a story, especially a space story, because, I mean, your imagination can go anywhere. It seemed like he had a lot of creative control over Prometheus. Um, I'm not so sure of Alien Covenant, the, that, the new one with Danny McBride. But Prometheus, for sure, was so crazy. I, I mean, it was just so out there, uh, even compared to Alien standpoint, that I feel like he had a lot of, of say in that movie. I hated Prometheus. Let me just say I hated it. <laughs> but- and it's not, it's not really that, that big of a, of a strong dislike because it's, it's a great sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you feel the sci-fi just from the first Alien even it being in 1979, right off the back when the lights start slowly turning on all over the ship and you have no dialogue, no music, just not nonstop lights turning on in this place, setting the scene, it feels like you're there. Prometheus never had a problem with me feeling like I was so engaged with the world and like I'm here, I'm on this planet, I'm foreign with you. Uh, but he just, I swear, he, he lost his way up his own ass. <laughs> He just like, he's talented, man. He knows he's talented. He's a great writer. He's made great sci-fi movies, but he inserted his own rectum and then just could not get out. <laughs> and then like everywhere that he would turn would just be his own ass saying, man, this is great. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. And then just, man, Spiraled out of control from there. <laughs> I, I feel like, I mean, I love those movies, even though, I mean, I'm not a big sci-fi kind of person, at least, you know, when it comes to space horrors and stuff like that. And I feel like those movies just, he just needs to 100% focus and get the proper runtime of what the movie would be because i mean you know like with prometheus and alien covenant they had those little web uh series and stuff or like little things that oh man do i yeah that's a big pet peeve of mine is whenever i have to do homework (laughs) to even understand a movie yeah and it's like why why couldn't he just put it you know in the movie i mean you know of course hardcore fans aren't gonna mind but you know the studio is probably like whoa who what what non-hardcore fan is going to stay 
three hours to watch a movie or want to watch a movie for three hours instead of whatever the runtime is for Prometheus or the other alien movies. That's true. And when you think about it, just like you said, someone who's so invested in the alien franchise must think that those, those side marketing uh, videos or, or, you know, what do you, what do they call those fake websites that they do to promote movies? Oh yeah. 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 I love those. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for, for someone like that, who likes those alien movies, this must be the greatest effort put forward from a company to just give you more of that universe. So while I hate it, well, not that's such a strong word. Uh, while I don't like it and I'm not going to go and look up stuff of Prometheus online just to get the movie better. I'm sure for someone who loves it, really appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want, I do want Danny McBride. Um, Cause it turns out he, he wrote all of Halloween, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, I like that new Halloween movie. I mean, it's wasn't the greatest work of art ever, but it was it was great, yeah. in my opinion. But the last thing that Jody Hill and Danny McBride worked on was Vice Principals on HBO. Did you ever watch that? I watched a couple episodes. Not, I think I may have gotten into the early episodes, and then I didn't have HBO, or I just didn't keep up with it. So I'm not sure how it ended or anything like that but well i just want to say how amazing of a job it must be to to be jody hill i mean the first thing that jody hill did right was the foot fist way Mm -hmm. which was pretty much all danny mcbride so his next breakout hit after that was eastbound and down (laughs) right which is danny mcbride doing his own thing and then another breakout series of him was Vice Principals. So just it, it must be super amazing to just be able to pick the same actor, have him do what comes naturally to him, and then call myself a successful director. It's true. And then he's... I mean, how hard is that, really? I mean, look, let's, let's play a game, Paul. Mm-hmm. Pick the most random job you can think of right now. Three, two, one. That one. Janitor. What is it? Janitor. A janitor? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Danny McBride is a janitor <laughs> down on his luck. But, oh, wait, he wins the lottery. But before he can cash it, he must prove to the whatever. It doesn't matter. My point is, is that you see what I mean? Boom, series. Yeah. You could pick a, a check, a uh, uh, grocery bagger. Danny McBride <laughs> is a grocery bagger. And he's super rude to everyone. I mean, it just works with everything. So, how they did oh he's a retired sports star bam oh he's you know he's a vice principal bam they could do manager at a fast food restaurant bam it's gonna be a great show i i think this king tiger one would be perfect for them to just reunite once more it seems like the opportunity is there i mean obviously they've already sold the entertainment rights to netflix Mm -hmm. if there's just some way they could maybe give them the character rights or something uh, I think that would be amazing. I think that could be, that could possibly work out. Cause I mean, Danny McBride and and Joni Hill have jo- Jody Hill have uh, yeah Jody worked on a net. I know this movie was on Netflix. I don't know if it was produced by Netflix, but it says that he directed it. The Legacy of a White Tail Deer Deer Hunter, and I know Danny McBride was in it. He wasn't the main actor, but he was in it. 
So, I mean, just by looking at that, they got to have some kind of relationship with Netflix if it was, of course, produced by Netflix. It would be cool if they did, just because I think we're a little overdue for a show like that. I mean, you you never want to overdo anything, but they seriously made the same series twice. And they they made Eastbound and Down and then Vice Principals is exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, it's the same show. He's the same character. Nothing is different. So if that still sells and it entertained me like crazy, I, I think one with King Tiger would be perfect. But the real question is, should it be a movie or should it be a TV show? So it is a documentary series, the King oh, Tiger. A TV show all the way. It's a TV show. It has to be a TV show. And how long? Just like two. Um, 18 seasons. 18 seasons. I think between 15 and 18. No, I just, I'm, yeah. I'm biased because I really enjoy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I could watch it on and on and on. But uh, I mean, even if it's one season, limited, 10 episodes, five this six months, and then five released in another six months. Yeah. But literally, what I'm, where I'm coming from is anything would be great. Yeah from these two with a property as interesting as this. Yeah, that's true. Cause I mean that once you watch that show or that series, it's, you're not going to want to stop once, once, once you watch that first episode, it's just, I don't even know. Like it's, it's so crazy that like, you don't want to tell anyone what it's about because you're going to, they're just going to keep asking questions on like, how does that happen? Or how did this happen? Or, and it's just going to lead you into explaining the whole thing. So it's, it's really difficult to explain that. The only thing that's, that is absolutely 100% true is that I can see Danny McBride playing the Tiger King. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Have you, has there been a movie that you've seen post becoming a father that you see completely fucking different now? Almost every movie that when I was little. It sucks because sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I go back and I just think, man, fuck these kids. (laughs) Fuck these kids and fuck their shitty mother. Get get the fuck in there, Dad, and fix this shit. <laughs> I actually had that feeling uh, the other week. I was watching Blank Check because I just felt that nostalgia. Oh, my God. I, I just it saw was Blank Check, too. <laughs> very frustrating watching that as an adult and just like, what the hell is this kid doing? Like, he spends a million dollars in a week. It's like, I mean, how you fuck you fuck the house alone was just like and then like if you look at it it's not even that big of a fucking house it's a three bedroom two bathrooms it just looks like a fucking (laughs) castle is the only thing that's like really great about it it it, but well it comes with the extra egregious (laughs) living room and his uh you know warehouse where he can just have so many tvs like a like a 80s crime villain but he was he's the child version of scarface (laughs) they you know with that movie um i just i guess when i first saw it as a kid i never realized how fucking much of a piece of shit having all those tvs on one wall would be like that sucks it didn't it doesn't look good you have 
like two what, what was it what was the lowest resolution back like then like something 280 ridiculous that made me you have like 280 <laughs> on 16 different screens like great job man yeah. oh, that's awesome <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely really gonna need that Coming from a tech standpoint now, I just look at that wall and I'm like, man, that sucks. If anyone ever spent mm-hmm. actual even money just on- like to have the frames for like the little TVs and like the frame between each TV would get on my nerves so bad. I don't care because you know those TVs were were the box TVs yeah, back then, same. still in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine all the power that that <laughs> wall that, was There taking? goes this million dollars right there. Half of it went to just bills. <laughs> yeah, and come on, man. Was, at least they're never going to stop working. Those TVs, you can't even fucking kill yeah, them. And that kid ruined to. those, you know, those homeowners' whole life because you know they 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 had a great offer of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> and you know that house has to get repossessed, and you know put into to evidence because this kid has spent so much money until they figure out like the uh, the whole movie they do have to yeah, pull the like, money, and right? then they're, they're, there's going to be like foreclosures and then all sorts of different stuff and the fbi has to look into all this and the irs and all this stuff like the the whole movie is just the beginning of one person yeah, it's, I want to see the sequel with all the consequences. And... <laughs> Blank check. Electric <laughs> Nothing's free. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. I see the, I see the post. Because, I mean, you know, the FBI was involved free. even before he was, I mean, even though he said that, you know, in the end, that guy says that he's Mr. McIntosh or whatever, the criminal. I mean that still doesn't make everything go away. Someone had to sign all those papers for for that house and all the things That's that he true. bought. Man, this, <laughs> I think the sequel is just going to be the murder suicide of those the first couple that sold that house. I mean, <laughs> the slow dark descent into madness. Uh, Actually, Todd Phillips should make Joker too about the couple that sold the house in, in blank check. How they lost their fucking you know, minds. Say, uh, some uh, some nice little movie trivia here, though, is that that movie was uh, uh, a lot filmed in San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas, Texas. Oh, yeah. I definitely know that. I mean, I've been to Six Flags too many times <laughs> to not know ex- the, that I stood in the exact same mm-hmm. fucking position that he did when he got splashed <laughs> by that water ride. Candy. <laughs> oh my god, fucking knew that I was. First off, <clears throat> you you okay? Look real quick. That had to have been his first cotton candy <laughs> ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess in this world. He just never could afford cotton candy. I mean, his father's a cheapskate. He obviously doesn't fucking know the science <laughs> of cotton candy. I'm willing. I'm willing to bet that there's there's a dark twist in there where that was his first cotton candy yeah. and it got ruined. I just. I mean, I was under the impression that cotton candy dissolves when it hits water, and, and that cotton candy held strong. <laughs> you know, you would think, right? Yeah, <laughs> it held strong. He was still still good enough to eat. <laughs> He bought the. He sprung for <laughs> the expensive bucks. <laughs> I want to know how. He Whoa, did man! He, he did he steal six. it? Because I mean, he spent 
uh, what, $5 or $4 on tokens, and then that leaves them with $3 or so, and how much is fucking cotton candy at, like, an amusement park is probably, like, 8 bucks. It's on its own. How did, how did he get Yeah, I mean, you need a whole ticket. <laughs> is what I want to know. Did they season pass it? Did they get it free I mean, with the birthday? Did they rip off one of those little, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> can you please have your birthday on my birthday? So I can it's the go. only time I'll ever get to go to an amusement park, even though my dad only gave me eight bucks to be here. <laughs> you know, when I saw that, I immediately thought, well, you, you know how it was kind of portrayed negatively, him getting splashed mm. by that water ride? Well, I was thinking that that's actually the most positive thing yeah, you can do. Yeah, how hot it gets that that people people literally stand there and wait for that to happen. It's kind of the, like one of the most important things to do as a kid when you go there is to yep, get splashed exactly. by that ride. So when I saw that and how they kind of just completely <laughs> flipped it. <laughs> and okay, oh man, I can't believe playing check is, is taking up so much, so many of my thoughts like- right now. I just okay. Who who was watching this kid not go on anything and just watch from afar? I'm surprised. That <laughs> Someone really I'm dropped at the, the ball amusement here. Park like that's <laughs> like he knowing that he gave him the minimum amount of money. Who dropped this kid off at this amusement park? <laughs> I know. I know they definitely didn't use their exactly. precious gas money or their precious mileage on the, the yep, family vehicle. Yep. It's 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 a it's definitely a very frustrating movie to see as an adult. I remember loving this movie when I was a kid, and I was like, "Wow, that's so awesome!" He's got his own money, his own house, yeah. blah blah blah. But watching it as an adult, just he's the king. I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. very frustrating. Uh, another good movie trivia here is that the hotel chain that I work for is um, the bank in that movie. Um, they, the the location downtown is uh, the 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 hotel chain I work for is called Jurian and Suites, and the the location that we have downtown is uh, one of San Antonio's first banks. So that hotel, I don't think the hotel owned it at the time of the movie. But it was, yeah. So like watching this movie, I I was like, oh yeah, I was just there not too long ago because it still looks the same. If you ever go into there, but it's just it's just weird to see because I'm like, "Ah, I watched this when I was a kid, and now I actually know where that place is and been in there, and I can actually go to like different places that you know obviously other people can't because I, I'm an employee for the chain. So it's just it's weird to see something like that. I wonder if that's how like New York people and Chicago people places that get filmed a lot feel when they when they see their bi- their businesses and buildings constantly yeah, exactly. show up. And on if they ever get tired of it because. <laughs> It's because it's been 30, 40 years of, of making live action movies in New York. They These buildings have got to be yeah, recycled. Man, I'm now. sure people from New York see like, oh, they watch a movie and they're like, oh, where does it take place in New York? Nah, fuck that. I don't want to watch that. I just... <laughs> they're just going to show Times Square. They're going to show the Bronx. It's just, I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think really quick, 
if we rewind this way back and go back to mm-hmm. blank check, right? The source of all my <laughs> childhood trauma. Blank check. Do you, let's just let's just touch on it a little bit. Um, <laughs> the pedophilia from the right that the, totally the girl, happened. The, right? the lady <laughs> from the girl at the end. They they have a romantic on screen kiss between a grown woman and a and a boy yeah. that's what yeah. ten years old. Now put put let's say um, Christian Bale. Right, I'm trying to think of someone who's who I guess is like a sex symbol. Christian Bale's your side. sex um, <laughs> Well, when I thought of well, because look, uh-huh. I thought of that girl right from Blank Check, and thought, okay, who would I put in a male role there that's supposed to like entice, uh-huh. I guess, a young girl? And that's for some reason, all that I came up with is Christian Bale. <laughs> Is that what? Is that what? <laughs> that, that's what they like. Are. <laughs> Am I out of touch? Put a okay. Put a Jonas brother in there. I don't care. My point is, is that okay? Let's let's use um, mm. Nick Jonas, right? You put Nick Jonas in that chair, and you have him romantically kiss a ten-year-old girl. Nick Jonas's Done. fucking career is over. You hear me? The movie's not even getting released unless, like, you it's know. in the Philippines or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I mean, it, I, I hate to say it, but it was the nineties, you know. <laughs> but oh, yeah, Jesus I mean, I, I see your point. I mean, I mean, you know, a lot of things in movies and stuff got got away with in the night because there's things I watch nowadays. Obviously, now older and stuff that I caught, and you know, I try and show it to my kids, and then. You know, ten to fifteen minutes in, I'm like, maybe they shouldn't be watching this. Maybe I should wait a little bit older. But I remember being their age, watching certain things. You know, and then it just it it's it's baffling me to me. But it's I I for 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 that to get away with now, absolutely not. Back then, obviously, it did. You know. Yeah, it very obviously made it pass. I just like seeing it now and and seeing it the way they were trying to portray it as a real kiss, man. Just... <laughs> man, they they really wrote that down and then showed it to the room and everyone was like, "Oh, no, <laughs> you fucking crazy. A little me like, how did he get an older girl to kiss him? <laughs> right. Okay. Cause that's what I thought when I saw it as a kid, like, mm. wow, this kid's my hero. And now watching it, I'm just like, <laughs> dude, call someone, please. <laughs> just please. Someone be there for this kid. She's, 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 she's on a watch list. She's on a list. Just get <laughs> She lied on her (laughs) FBI profile. (laughs) And that's going to do it for our second episode of Film Vice. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us. Please follow us on Facebook at Film Vice 1 and Twitter at Film underscore Vice. Thanks everyone for listening and I hope you have a great day.